Coming to you raw and uncut. Uncut. Streaming around the world. Around the world. From the wilds of British Columbia, Canada. Considered one of the industry's top players by the biggest tech companies on the planet. Your go-to source for e-commerce supremacy. And your host of e-commerce all-stars, Brendan Mosqua. Oh, thank you everyone for joining us today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Yes, that's right. Hit that subscribe button right now to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, make sure you also head over to my website, nadimo.com, N-A-D-I-M-O.com, for sort of excellent resources, guides, webinars, you name it. It's there for you for free. Enjoy the show. five trends that will put you out of business or send you to the stars okay and these are all related to the e-commerce space Uh, one of the things that you need to remember I mean of course there's trends and there's and there's overall business principles and models and all these types of different things that you have to consider when building your business Uh, I'm not naive to the fact that you know perhaps some of these specific items may fit into your specific business model but I do want to be you to be aware of these things and be very wary uh, in some cases because a lot of these are becoming if they're not a blown up trend right now that's actually crushing businesses right at their source um, before they even get off the ground and running Um, and it's seriously crippling companies some of these trends um, but yet they're growing trends and growing in popularity, but yet they're crippling and, and stagnating business growth. So I'm going to cover these, and I'm going to cover them in, in a fair amount of detail. Number one, my first trend I want to talk about, we can classify it as open source versus hosting, that old adage, which way do you go, which is like versus a hosted model. Um, at its heart, I guess what I'm getting at is that the the pass model the platform as a solution model is killing businesses Um, now that'll be argued by some who are doing quite well with with things like Shopify but to be quite frank and quite honest with you it stagnates your growth Uh, it limits your capabilities Um, there's so many reasons to consider an open source platform um, that will allow you to customize and and curtail and edit and do whatever you need to do uh, integrate automate all of the components that you need to be able to do which of course some of those are capable within the the past model solutions however not all of them and I mean you can never be everything to everyone Um, the open source solutions that are available they have their their down sides as well however Um, At the heart of it all, the last thing you want to do is build your business, your core business, the technology you're basing your entire business operation on. The last thing you want to do is use somebody else's past model solution. In other words, a solution that, that you don't own. You have the website built on that platform and then you're at the liberty, you're at the, the, uh, control of that company still okay so you could compare it to 
you buy, you build your business and you rent out space in an existing location and you have some various parameters that are in place, like you can't have an awning that's too big or, or these types of things. Uh, you can't put sidewalk sandwich boards out front on your, if you're renting from a specific vendor, or maybe you can. Uh, it all depends on who you're renting from. And so in this case, I would compare that to the, the Shopify's or big commerce of them of the world and the different rules and things that you can and cannot do within your within your specific storefront vary depending on on the solution that you choose now the where it goes one step further however is when you talk about a hosted model you own your site you own your store you own all of the intricate details within that store that you have built and put together and you can you can upgrade your platform anytime. You're in full control of that. And the only thing that's out of your control, and in some cases that can be in your control also, is the hosting. So you may have to, you may, you may uh, outsource the hosting to a specific hosting solution or something of that matter. But what you have to be, but what you don't get to do, you don't even get that option when you're dealing with, with past model solutions. Okay, platform as a solution or something of that nature the Shopify's big commerce those types of solutions of the world um, Wix all of these these are a growing trend Shopify has been its stock has been taking off and continuously going up uh, they're doing really well so you question me and say well if they're doing so well as a company why is it a bad idea to be you know, on board with a solution like that and my answer to you is, in my humble opinion, what they can do, and they can do well, is curtail to an easy-to-use solution where you can get a store built and up and running quickly and cheaply. Okay, so if you want to do quick and cheap, get a store up there, throw out some products, you know, do it as a test, okay, that I'm fine with. Um, and, however just to test your product and that sort of thing and see how they're going to sell, fine. But if you really truly want to build a business, a business with a user experience that's important, a business that, it, that has customer service at the forefront, whatever you want your business to be about, you need to be on the right platform. And I'm not here to preach to you what platform that is. But I am here to tell you to seriously consider an open source platform over a past model or one of those what they call website builders. Um, these are a growing trend and they are going to continually stagnate business. And what ends up happening a lot of the time is as the business grows, they end up coming off those platforms and moving on to an open source solution and actually saving money in the end because Every time you add on something onto these these past solutions, you're adding apps and you're plugging in more apps and more apps and more apps. And each of these apps typically has a cost, a monthly fee. So your monthly fees continually grow. That is, however, how you can make sure that your initial cash flow is lower. Okay, so I will acknowledge the fact that it is a cheaper way to go. However, you do need to keep that in mind that you are going to end up if you plan to have rapid growth, this may throw a complete halt into that growth 
uh, very quickly. Um, and I have a lot of people out there who are going to fight and argue me on this one, and I am fine with taking on those arguments. Um, and in some cases, people, people's concerns or con questions, it all comes down to price. It all comes down to quick deployment. But the truth of the matter is, is if you want to own your store, you want to be able to customize, you build custom options, custom products, which we'll talk more about later on. Um, you want to be able to completely automate and integrate with various solutions that you want to use, not according to what apps are available to use, but ones that you want to use because they're the right fit for your company. It's all about finding the right fit and building all those solutions out all at once. And that is why I am a huge, huge proponent of open source e-commerce platforms. Um, and quite frankly, the only way to go, in my opinion, uh, is something that you can host yourself on either your own servers or servers that you outsource or rent from various hosting companies out there. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is something I call Zuckerberg syndrome okay now it's not necessarily the right terminology for it but Zuckerberg syndrome when I'm speaking of that I'm talking about all these people out there who want to get into the business of e-commerce put a site out there but they don't and they think they know all the answers and they can be everything to everyone um, but the truth of the matter is Zuck Zuckerberg was a developer okay so he was he had that advantage okay where he knew the technologies and he knew the tech talk and the tech speak and the geek speak you could call it all these types of things uh, it was right in Zuckerberg's alley he knew all about these types of things um, he did have shortcomings but we don't need to get into those at this point in time so let's talk Zuckerberg syndrome one of the things People get into the business of e-commerce because they want to sell products. They think they have a better solution than somebody else. They think they have a product that's better than somebody else. Or they just know of something that they want to sell online and they want to make a go of it. In many cases, okay, maybe they're someone who has studied the e-commerce space and they want to. Ex they think they can excel in it through various practices, what have you. Or, you know, you're an experienced retailer, you've been doing really well. But you need to you need to build or grow your e-commerce store. Okay, this, the difference with e-commerce that a lot is that there's a very heavy technical knowledge in that space that is required, whether that technical knowledge be in digital marketing or in website development, um, all the inter in the as I mentioned earlier the uh, integrations and the automation component of things there's a lot of facets to e-commerce so essentially if you think about it you're building an entire store in a digital manner um, or in some cases you're integrating with your existing retail stores in a digital fashion so that you can sell online now so you have to consider the fact that a it's an entire retail experience online in the digital form so you have that one piece to consider and secondly you have to consider that it's you know all of the other aspects the fulfillment component the pricing component the packaging component 
I mean, the list goes on and on and on, and I could go on forever with it. Now, what I talk about Zuckerberg syndrome is I think about it as everybody thinks of Zuckerberg as basically the guy who did it all himself, I guess. That's what I think of him anyways. But regardless, the reason I talk about Zuckerberg syndrome is because people get into the business and then they get overwhelmed with all of these other pieces when there's something that they may do well. So my suggestion to you is do that piece well. If that means that you're an expert in uh, online marketing and, and uh, or digital marketing, or you're an expert in uh, fulfillment, you have all the fulfillment channels in place, but you don't know the last thing about digital marketing, um, that's fine too. Or maybe you know everything there is to know about uh, e-commerce development, and you can build the best e-commerce site there is known to man. Um, either way, those things are all things you're good at, but you're never going to be good at all of them, the all those pieces. And so what you need to do is you need, in my opinion, the most important part of it is the technical aspect behind the scenes. Um, all of those integrations, making sure that all those integrations to your taxing softwares, to your accounting softwares, integrating to your your various omni-channel so and your warehousing so that your, your inventory is correct online and it reflects so according to each of the stores if that's the case. There are so many facets of the technical side of things that need to be considered and one of the most common trends right now is that the e-commerce store owner does not have the technical knowledge or the technical know-how in order to manage that correctly and I'm not suggesting you don't have the pieces you need in order to to manage it necessarily as much as having that having Zuckerberg in your back pocket so let's take that Zuckerberg syndrome whereas you think you can do it all and you can do this just perfectly and perfectly well and you're going to be all things to everybody and you are going to be the digital or the go-to guy for your web development and your digital components of your website and everything everything digital okay so if that's the case great go ahead do it good luck and you might as well turn this all off right now because it don't matter how much knowledge you get you gather you're not going to succeed um, Can I go down that road? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's all I was wondering. Okay. Thanks. Anyway, I guess what I'm getting at is make sure you have a, uh, a technical expert in your back pocket. Okay. So... If you have that technical expertise sitting in your back pocket where you can call that individual or that crew of people or whomever just to even to get you recommendations or suggestions or to bounce an idea off of or someone who can inject themselves into your development group and talk to your developers and speak the geek that's needed or take on a specific integration that you want to do now because 
you've got this amazing um, new custom custom uh, product you want you've created in your mind and you just need to have that put to uh, to into fruition having that person available to you is absolutely critical now finding these resources is not an easy feat um, development resources on their own there's 27,000 developers out there or 27 million developers which is almost the size of Canada itself there are that many developers open source developers out there right now not all of them in fact 90% of them are only going to be worth their weight in gold and that said do you want to hire those who's worth their weight in gold or those who could become worth their weight in gold and you can have them on it? There's all kinds of aspects to that piece too. But I guess where I'm going with this is make sure that you have that technical expertise in the back pocket. Have someone there who could teach you, coach you, do whatever you need from that technical resource to help you excel. Because don't forget, at the heart of your business whether you're selling a product selling a service online taking bookings that way whatever it is you're doing if your core business runs online or the core piece of business that you're working on so that the e-commerce store within the retail infrastructure that component of your business is technically based so if you do not understand the technical aspect better than most, you don't have to know it as well as the developers because that's why they're hired. They're hired to understand their part of the things. You don't have to know it as well as the people who are building or hosting your solution, hosting your site, I mean. You just need to know it well enough, though, that you can interact with those groups of people, speak to them in a way that both size understand and comprehend and essentially be able to own the technical side of your business and so a lot of people might call them chief technical officers CTOs chief information officers whatever the, the term you want to throw out there is make sure you have one of them in place and there are all umpteen options there available to you um, full-time through part-time I think the best way you can do it is depending on your level of expertise and knowledge have someone there available to you that's it at the simplest of its forms and if that means a simple retainer fee you pay to somebody and then they're available when you need them comes off of your overall hourly fees that you've paid to this firm what have you that at the heart is where you need more than anything else um, everybody talks about you need a lawyer for your business you need you know all these aspects and they may not be wrong I'm not taking anything away from that making sure you have a good legal firm in place make sure you have a good accounting firm in place all these things which I can talk to you in length about and I have done on my podcast by the way make sure you check it out that's that's uh, e-commerce all-stars if you go on to any of the, the vendors or go to nadimo.com and check it out and there's a link directly to the podcast uh, anyway 
I guess what I'm getting at is make sure you don't suffer from Zuckerberg syndrome. Get somebody in your pocket so you can have Zuckerberg in your back pocket as opposed to suffering from the syndrome itself. All right, so then I'm going to go on a little bit further uh, with trends. So that trend there, I guess we would call it the Zuckerberg syndrome trend, which is the lack of technical skills that are available uh, within your team to grow your digital operations. Um, the next trend that we're having, we're really noticing is this, you know, um, it's called, I guess, card abandonment. Okay, and everybody and their dog has a card abandonment solution. Okay. And, and I'm not taking anything away from all of them. You could put them all into place. Again, they're not all going to be all parts equal, and that's where your technical expert is going to help guide you as to what you need to require. And so the, the part I'm talking about here is one of the things, the biggest headache, um, well, there's a few, and I can get into length of those, but... You know, making sure things like making sure that your checkout, that people understand the shipping rates and those types of things to avoid some card abandonment. You know, you've got other issues in play with regards to um, persuasive methodologies and those sorts of things. Depending on what you've put in place there, people may or may not have, uh, you may get them to the cart, but they may just not convert. Um, you have all kinds of con conversion methodologies and tech and pieces there that people look at and implement and don't implement. But the biggest piece of the puzzle, in my opinion, is keeping it that checkout extremely simple. Um, a perfect example is re like basically remove every piece of friction you could possibly remove. So if that means that they have the option to click on login as Google or create an account with your via Google. Um, and then all of a sudden it takes all that information, it populates all their fields, including their payment, uh, credit card information, etc. Fantastic. The more that you can have them do with one step or one click, the better. Okay, so the quicker, the f more frictionless that checkout process is, the f by far the better it's going to be. Um, the perfect example, Amazon is now how their stores out there they actually have stores without checkouts you can walk out of the store without having checked out it's going to you know it's going to credit against your account everything that you had put in the cart or some form or fashion of technology there and that's and everything's done okay you can go on to amazon and you can have a one check one click checkout and you're done you've ordered your product the trick there is that in a lot of cases those people already have accounts so if you're dealing with existing clientele, things like having their, um, having their credit card on file is important. Now again, you have to talk about technologies and different vaults and, and uh, different solutions there that are going to prevent, prevent to keep you PCI compliant because you cannot personally store that data anywhere. Um, however, let's, let's not get into the technical components of it but keep in mind that the uh, overall portion of talking about is keeping the keeping things simple. So if they have an account, keep that credit card on file so that all they have to do is select exact existing credit card checkout, and then it's a one-step checkout process for existing accounts. Where I like to really hone hone in on is uh, 
also on the front end with once you've got somebody who's ready to buy and they don't have an account maybe they don't want to create an account in fact that's why a lot of people will leave your stores if they're forced to create an account um, they'll abandon the cart um, so one of the things you want to do here is have them give them the capability to in essence create an account it creates an account for them automatically first of all so that They'll get sent an email and confirmation information, but it'll also create an account so that in the future their checkout process is that much quicker, more fluid. But the flip side of that is what you want to do is keep that initial process of the checkout very, very simple and frictionless. So, for example, I go to checkout. What are the what are the absolute critical pieces they need? Do for example, you don't need company. Nine times out of ten, you don't need to know that person's company, that they're buying the products. Because what if it's a you know a B to C, okay? You don't need to know what company they work for. That has nothing to do with anything, and it just adds an extra frick level of friction that will induce checkout abandonment. Okay. Now, one of the things you need to really think about in this regard is again keeping it simple so if you can have it so refined that all they do is put in their first and last name into one field those can split out automate uh, you can have those split into two fields later on and through the technological basis but have them put in their first and last name their mailing address when they're ready to start entering their mailing address have that automated so all they have to do is start typing it and it auto populates with a drop-down list of options there's various integrations, uh, various solutions you can do with integrating into that will allow you to do this and do this very, very quickly. Uh, in fact, we have we have some custom options as well that inter with built-in integration points um, that you can utilize um, for either the two major open source providers being Magento or um, WooCommerce. Uh, so if you you want to explore that as an option let us know because we built them into extensions and plugins in a sense so that we can help you deploy them quicker and keep your costs down on that end um, secondly the other side of it is keeping the rest of those fields minimum so now they've entered they've typed in their name first and last They've gone ahead, selected their address from a drop-down list once they started populated, auto-populated. Um, so, kind of an auto-complete, so to speak. So, you know, instead of you complete me, you auto-complete me, as they say with, uh, I forget the company now, but it doesn't matter. My, my heart is with auto-populate me, or auto-complete me. Anyway, regardless of all those tangents, you want to have autocomplete in place. They always suggest autocomplete for search tools. Have it on your checkout process as well. So now all you've done is you've barely started typing in your address. Boom, you select it. It's that's all populated. All the and it populates in one field, and then that through technology you can break those into various fields so that all the fields are populated as needed. Okay, and then so those are really the meat and potatoes of what you need okay you might need a phone number for shipping purposes um, anything else that you need or require if they have a different billing address 
than, than a shipping address, then you need that drop-down option or that click, one-click option to be able to add that information. Again, keep that auto-populated. So now, if we count this out, we've used one form field for a uh, first and last name. Okay, we've used one form field, maybe two, for the address. I say two because in some cases you have to fill in a suite number depending on what integration you're utilizing. But regardless, you've used one field for your drop-down option, I mean for your address option. Okay, so that's two fields. Okay, let's just add phone number because for the sake of argument you need a phone number. Okay, and now the only fields left are entering your credit card details. Your credit card number, your um, your credit card number, your CVV code, um, and your your uh, expiry date. Okay, so you have three fields for everything else, and three fields for your including for all of your billing information. So now all of a sudden, with six fields, and I'm counting every field that you could you know you could require. With six fields, you have now decreased, in some cases, what people use for 12 plus fields, down to six fields, including, and that's including your credit card data, which you can't, you can't, can't shy away from. You have to have, the, you have to have those three fields for your credit card data, and you have to have, I mean, okay, in theory, we could have you enter those all into one line. That's irrelevant to the point there because the point there is that they still have to enter those three pieces of information and that's, that is what it is. So for argument's sake, you have four fields, first and last name, and I'm just, again, I've split those now out where we could technically do three field checkout on one page. Okay, first name, first and last name, phone number, and address all in done in three fields and then you move on and you have your payment information and that can be on the same page typically if you're going to only have six check six fields that's fine it's great to do that um, because then they can see how quick the checkout process will be regardless you have six fields um, and that's it in total to have somebody fully check out they recommend that if you can get it down to as few as four uh, and now we're not counting the billing credit card information then do that there is such things like google pay and these types of apps that do store credit card information for people a lot of them like to be able to click on that so it auto populates those fields as well i heavily suggest you use these uh, or allow for these to be used um, so they can just click pay by like Google Pay, um, these types of resources, solutions. Um, and then that way you have removed every single potential um, friction point from a long checkout process. And if you really think about it in terms of a physical location, the last thing you want to do when you walk through your store and you've done all the shopping in a department store is now have to stand in line and just think about some of the examples and you know 
that you could think about where you you've done all your shopping and get to the end and now there's a huge lineup that you have to stand in just to check out with all these products well in many cases if you're online and something like that happens you're just going to go somewhere else or the, you're going to just say this purchase wasn't that, that important um, unless you've spent hours in some cases that is the case spent hours adding things to your cart and building up your cart to the point where now you're ready to buy okay and that's the only time where somebody might even stick around um, and even in those cases I've actually left left and gone to another service because I found out the shipping price was going to be way too high for the number of products that I had bought I now had all of those products in my cart with the uh, model numbers and stuff so then all of the shopping and time spent doing searches to try and find all of this stuff I then went ahead typed that into their competitor's site built my cart in about five minutes and checked out because I knew exactly what my checkout my shipping costs were going to be and in fact it was much cheaper for me to bring it in overseas as it was as opposed to having it shipped um, just from within the same country and so in that situation um, I actually ended up saving quite a bit of money however I probably wouldn't have saved that money if they would have been upfront about their shipping costs because I probably wouldn't have went and looked for an alternate solution where the price might be better I would have just moved forward with this knowing what the cost of shipping was going to be and I may have uh, worked from there uh, regardless that's the number three trend is the, what I call the uh, headache uh, checkout headache um, everybody knows about it. I mean, the cart abandonment rate is far too high. It's not seemed to be improving over the years. I've done a number of webinars on these for people and with people. And that number, that one specific statistic of 79% of, of the people abandon carts um, is still, still remains to be around the same when you across industry. I mean, every industry is slightly different, but um, that again varies for a number of reasons but anyway um, trend number four I'm going to talk about automation and integration like I said before it's always best to do what you do best and let the experts do what they do best and in many cases you can take advantage of economies of scale nowadays where 10 20 30 hundred years ago your economies of scale grew as you grew as a business. Now that can ch that has changed immensely. Where you have specific companies that maybe uh, are masters and wizards of the uh, fulfillment side of the business, and so they can bring all kinds of economies of scale to you to you as a business, no matter how big you are, uh, because they are doing such a huge volume in shipping that their shipping costs are reduced dramatically or their or their costs for their boxes and these types of things are, are brought down and then those that those end costs are reduced for you so in that sense all of a sudden you can automate through integrations automate through integrate is what I'm going to talk about a lot here but you can automate through integrating on your site you can automate the entire fulfillment process if you wanted to um, there's other things like tax solutions uh, very complicated tax uh, tax formulas that are out there that hey guess what tax is a lot of it is math 
right? So knowing this information and, and being able to use technology as an enabler, as, they, as was mentioned on one of my podcasts, using technology as an enabler will allow you to use technology as an accelerator. And now I'm not one to like to talk about in words like that, but I, I mean, I really truly believe that through automating or through integrating, you can automate a lot of different pieces of your business and focus on the areas of business that you are an expert or you have people who are experts in it. Um, people you can trust, people you know, people you know how to lead and direct and work with on a given day in an area of the business that you know and you know well. So that way you're able to become the best in the world at what it is that you want to become the best in the world at or just best in your space at whatever they want to be the best at be the best at it and focus on that while you can integrate and automate and outsource the various components that you aren't the best at but others may be and all of a sudden you've not only reduced your costs through doing some of these things but you've also increased your growth potential your your um, your scalability is is instantly and rapidly you're instantly and rapidly able to scale at a much faster pace because you have these technologies in place and technology you can use the technologies as these enablers there's all kinds of solutions the ones i talked about are very simple extensions of the business but you can also get into things like ai technologies and these types of things that you can now take advantage of because you are going to integrate them in such a way that it works within your business model and your business. So like I said, keeping that in mind, you're able to utilize that tech resource of yours to help you find ways to integrate and automate um, and, and really essentially streamline your entire operation to, to an extent that is almost unheard, was almost unheard of several years ago. Um, in fact, to the point where I've got one client, the only thing that they're focusing on is the two things they want to focus on is the sales and marketing and the customer service. Um, and to be truth be told, some of the sales and marketing aspect, they are outsourcing as well to a certain extent where, because they want to focus on being the best in the customer service space in their sector. Um, and that's something that they're going to do, and they're going to do it very well through some of the strategies they're deploying. Um, so regardless, automation through integration would be an absolute key to your success. It's a growing trend in some ways, and in other ways it's not. Um, it all depends on, on, on the businesses that are out there, but you absolutely want to jump on that trend or create that trend, if that's so to speak, by integrating, automating through integrating, and get get your business running like a fine-tuned machine so that you can focus on that what you need to focus on. Um, and, that's, and that's the biggest component there for me. Final trend that I'm gonna talk about is customization. And I'm not talking about personalization necessarily. Although personalization, when people talk about that in the industry, they're talking about using technologies again to essentially identify and help personalize the experience for the user based on information that you may have on them um, and that sort of thing. So essentially becoming, adding personalization to, this, to the individual based on 
their overall personas, but taking personas one step further and becoming very person, giving them a very personalized experience. So an example of that might be something where it'll introduce, you get to the website and they know that you like the color blue and it's raining in your area. And so they're going to suggest you buy a blue rain jacket because they know that 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 might be a product they're able to sell you on that given day. So that's personalization. Okay. Yes, that's a growing trend. It's something to consider and think about. And I have in no way would discourage you from doing something on that side of things in a custom format. Now, when I talk about custom, I'm talking about customization, giving people a very customized opportunity. And I talk about this in the sense of product customization. So, for example, the number, I think it was the number one selling item on nike.com was the custom uh their number one selling product is their custom shoes so people go on there and they create their own shoes the colors the what have you and they're customizing an entire shoe so that it's essentially a shoe for them okay people don't like to be considered as numbers they don't like to be lumped into groups and 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 uh you know be considered a number so to speak and so so the thing that nike's doing there is letting these people be themselves letting them get out there and create their own product something they could never have done years ago but something that they can do now and they give them that capability, that ability online and give them that very unique experience, okay? And that can be something very simple. I mean, we've actually built a site for an individual where somebody came in and you would come in and you'd basically build your own custom uh, um, road bike. Uh, And so it was a biking company that wanted to have a bike custom built for the user so that, you know, it would basically from from an interaction with the individual in a chat session and it was actually with a chat bot but you're having an interaction with a chat based session it's going to find out things that it needs to find out to build you the right spec bike so the height um, the right height the right um, distance from the seat to the handlebars um, it's going to help you just determine it's going to do all of these things by interacting with you and asking you specific questions um, so there are a million things you can do to keep it very simple and I mean the simplest of what thoughts there is something like all oh, choosing your own custom colors on a t-shirt okay well that's something that you know has been around for years you go to a store you want oh do you have this one in blue oh no sorry we don't well now I mean it's very obvious you go to a website you can choose all the colors you want for a given t-shirt these types of things that part of customization has always been around but i'm t- telling you to take it one step further and do what uh, jack they call it or jeff falpa custom does and allows you to completely build your own tailored dress shirt okay i own two of them i love them i love the site why because i get to build something that's never been worn before never created before something i have designed i love i don't care if someone else likes it i like it 
and I enjoy wearing it because it's custom fit to me. Um, and so that's why, you know, that's why the Nikes of the world are doing so well with their own custom shoe shoes on Nike.com. That's why Jeff Alpa will continue to do well. Um, Jeff Alpa Custom, but it's jeffalpa.com, I think is the website. Go to that. Um, anyway, those are my thoughts in regards to customization. It is an absolute essential that you have some level of customization built into your infrastructure. Um, and maybe not from the onset, but make sure that you consider that if you can build a custom product, you might be able to build a complete brand around that. Um, but again, it all depends on your whole strategy and overall concept of what you're trying to accomplish. But do not forget about customization. It is one of your absolute critical components to being a success online um, and something that will create an experience that cannot be beat because it's an experience that cannot be duplicated in a retail store necessarily the same as it can be done online. And those are the five trends. Once again, those trends are open source versus hosting, the PaaS model or the website builders, forget about them. This Zuckerberg syndrome, instead of having Zuckerberg syndrome, get Zuckerberg in your back pocket. Uh, the checkout headache, forget the checkout, go friction free. Uh, automate through integrate and customize, customize, customize. Thanks again and have a great day.